Welcome to episode 115 of the Fredcast Cycling Podcast for March the 1st, 2009. My name is David, and I'm a Fred. On this week's episode of the Fredcast, are cyclists at risk for bone loss? The NYPD officer filmed on YouTube is fired for pushing a cyclist off his bike. Another bicycle is a pipe bomb sticker causes a scare and a city is finally revising its 108-year-old bicycle laws. Following the news, a review of Epic Rides DVDs, and an upcoming event called the Moab Skinny Tire Festival. So sit back, relax, and if you're riding your bike, hammer just a little bit harder, because here comes the Fredcast. This week's episode of the Fredcast is brought to you by audible.com. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash cycling and sign up for your trial edition of Audible and get a free audio book just for trying it out. Audible's got over 50,000 titles, so there's no doubt that you'll find something you like. Audiblepodcast.com slash cycling. We thank Audible and you for their support. Welcome back to the Fredcast Cycling Podcast. It's great to be back to regular shows after all of those Amgen Tour of California shows. I got a lot of emails and a lot of comments from you indicating that you loved the coverage, and I appreciate that. Now, I know that there are some of you who are regular Fredcast listeners who, well, pro cycling, not so much, but I know a lot of you were very into that daily coverage and that you appreciated some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that we were able to bring you. Now, I did this in 2007, and I'm doing it again in 2009. Bringing you the Amgen Tour of California coverage, well, quite honestly, it gets expensive. And so I really would appreciate the support of the Fredcast listeners in helping allow me to continue bringing you that coverage now and in the future. So what I'm asking is simple. If you enjoyed what I did at the Amgen Tour of California, go to www.thefredcast.com. Go up to the top bar, and you'll see a little button that says Donate. Donate whatever you can in support of that coverage. Like I said, it does get expensive, and this is indeed a labor of love for me. I'm happy to do it for you, but sometimes I've got to ask for your support. So please, consider donating to our coverage. Every little bit will help. Thanks so much for your support. Oh, and two other quick announcements before we get to the news. First, I mentioned on a previous show that we're getting ready to announce our Fredcast cycling jerseys. I should be able to have those up for you within the next week. We're going to be doing pre-orders on those, so watch the website at www.thefredcast.com for that information. And we thank Black Bottom Cyclewear for their support of the Fredcast and helping us get those done. Second, this episode of the Fredcast marks the return of the E-Fredcast. Now, for those of you who might be new listeners and aren't sure what the E-Fredcast is, well, it's simple. For those of you who listen on iPods or via iTunes, you may know that there's a way to skip forward and backward among chapters in properly formatted podcasts. This is a feature that I find 
infinitely helpful on a lot of podcasts that I listen to, and I know that several of you have mentioned to you to me that you find it helpful as well. Well, due to workflow restrictions, I just haven't been able to do it for the last dozen or so shows, but I'm pleased to be able to be bringing that back to you. So if you are listening to this in the regular MP3 feed, go to iTunes and subscribe to the eFredcast where you'll get the AAC version of this show. That's simply a file type. Don't get hung up in what it means. What that allows you to do, once again, is if you're listening in iTunes or on your iPod or iPhone or iPod Touch, you'll be able to skip forward and backward among various chapters in the show. You'll also be able to see the various graphics that I insert to go with each story or each segment of the show. And if you're listening in iTunes, a lot of times I'll be able to uh, insert links for various stories. For instance, the next story I'm going to be talking to you about is cyclists being at risk for bone loss. And you'll find if you're listening to this in iTunes and you're listening to the eFredcast, there's going to be a link right there in the show that you can click on to read the LA Times article. So happy to be bringing the eFredcast back to you. Hope that you enjoy it. Now, let's finally get to the news. A recent article in the Los Angeles Times points out the fact that there is growing research to indicate that those of us who are avid or competitive cyclists are at increased risk for a loss of bone density. The problem, of course, is then when we have a fall, as unfortunately most of us do on our bicycles, we run the risk of having even worse bone fractures than normal athletes. The reason for this has to do with several factors. First of all, the issue that cycling is a low-impact sport. As a result, there's less mechanical stress on our bodies and on our bones, and therefore, our bodies stop adding density to our bones. Other issues that can cause this are nutritional factors, simply the fact that we sweat out a lot of important nutrients that our bodies and our bones need, and sometimes as cyclists, we don't put back what it is that we lose. There are other factors involved that could also be hormonal, but on the whole, it seems that cyclists have an increased risk for osteopenia, and that's lower than normal bone density, or osteoporosis, which is very low bone mineral density. Therefore, we need to take these things into account and make sure that we're bolstering our body with more vitamin D, more calcium, all the things that you hear that women, as they get older, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond, all the advice that doctors give to them about maintaining their bone density because they are at an increased risk for osteoporosis. Those of us who are cyclists, whether male or female, as a matter of fact, it looks like irrespective of our ages, as a matter of fact, we also need to take these matters into account and bring all of these important nutrients back into our diets. Now, of course, I'm not a medical doctor, so of course you're going to want to consult with your medical doctor or your fitness coach before you start taking any supplements. But according to these studies, which appeared in some fairly important and well-respected medical journals, the journal Medical and Science in Sports and Exercise, and also another one in the journal Bone. Both of these studies are showing that there is this increased risk, so we need to take these things into account. I've put a link in the show notes to where you can read the entire article for yourselves, print it out, take it with you the next time you visit your doctor, and talk to him or her about what it is that you need to do to maintain your bone density so that you're not at an increased risk. A few months ago, I reported here on the show, and it was all the buzz of the internet, about the NYPD police officer, Patrick Pogan, who was shown on YouTube 
approaching and body checking a bicyclist involved in the monthly critical mass going through New York City. And you may recall that he was put on, well, what turned out to be like an administrative leave. Well, Patrick Pogan has now, according to the Associated Press, been fired from his job as a result of that videotaped body checking, if you will. However, uh, despite the fact that the Associated Press has reported that Pogan was fired, Mr. Pogan's attorney, Mr. Stuart London, has disputed those claims, saying, quote, they make errors all the time. And he said that Mr. Pogan was not fired, but that he resigned to, quote, concentrate his efforts on fighting the criminal charges that are against him. He then went on to say, so that when he is ultimately acquitted, he can reapply to the police department. So good luck to Mr. Pogan as he fights these criminal claims. I think that a picture is worth a thousand words, but this video is probably worth a million. And of course, the one that I'm linking to in the show notes and also in the eFredcast, well, that one's been viewed two million times. So there's probably plenty of words that have gone with that video. Good luck, Mr. Pogan, in your appeal. Following up on another story from a few months ago, you may recall when a certain university was virtually shut down because somebody had parked their bicycle in a university bike rack, and on that bicycle was a sticker for a band that's known as This Bike is a Pipe Bomb. Well, it seems to have happened once again. You see, last week in Memphis, Tennessee, an entire airport terminal was shut down when Yes, once again, somebody locked up their bike outside the terminal and they had one of those This Bike is a Pipe Bomb stickers on the bike. According to an airport spokesperson, an airport police officer was on a routine patrol and noticed the, quote, suspicious bicycle outside of Terminal C at Memphis International Airport. The bomb squad was called in. Police evacuated the terminal's ticket lobby and the baggage claim area and incoming vehicle traffic was also stopped. According to the police, yes, the bike had the sticker. This bike is a pipe bomb. The story goes on to read, A thorough investigation ruled out any explosive device, and it is believed the pipe bomb sticker on the bike is the name of a folk punk band from Pensacola, Florida. Police are questioning the owner of the bicycle at this time. No comment. Now, personally, I'm not a huge fan of most reality television, but there are two reality TV shows that well, they're sort of must-watch TV here in the Bernstein household. One is Survivor. I'm not talking about that today. But the other, my favorite show, The Amazing Race. I've wanted to go on this show since the very first time I saw it. And so I was really excited to read about the latest amazing journey of The Amazing Race's host, Phil Keegan. Phil Keegan is getting ready for, well, what he's calling an amazing ride. He's going to be riding his bike across the United States from the West Coast to the East Coast, specifically to raise awareness of and support the National Multiple Sclerosis Society and try to gain more enthusiasm for the bike MS events, the ones that we've talked about here on the show many, many times. Phil's going to set off from Los Angeles on March 28th and end in New York City on May the 9th, the day before the season finale of this season's episodes of The Amazing Race which airs, for those of you who don't know, on CBS. Phil's planning on averaging about 100 miles a day and said he hopes that people will join him as he passes through their area. According to Phil, quote, I feel like where we're at in the economy, the bicycle is a pretty good solution to helping people's waistlines, wallets, and the environment. Going on, he says, this is saying to people, look, it's time to make a choice in your life. 
We have way too much obesity and way too many people sitting back and not getting involved in life. Now, once again, he's going to be doing this in support of the National MS Society, but the ride is sponsored by nutritional retailer GNC, and apparently a member of Keegan's family, a cousin, has multiple sclerosis. His path is going to take him to more than 30 cities, including Las Vegas, Denver, Lincoln, Nebraska, Des Moines, Iowa, Chicago, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Columbus, Ohio, Pittsburgh, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Philadelphia, and finally, New York City. Good luck to Phil as he starts this journey. We're hoping that we'll be able to get an interview with Phil where, yes, you can bet. I'll ask him whether or not he saw that audition video that my wife and I sent in about two years ago. More on this as it develops. Well, unfortunately, once again, I've got to tell you about yet another product recall. And this one is from Salsa Cycles. They're recalling about 8,600 handlebar stems, specifically the Chromoto SUL handlebar stems that were sold as individual aftermarket units and on the following models of Salsa bikes. A la carte, El Mariachi, Casserole Triple, Casserole Single, and La Cruz. The aftermarket stems are black and have the word salsa painted on the extension. And the complete bike stems are painted to match the bike model color and have the word salsa painted on the extension as well. The recalled stems range from 75 through 105 degree rise and extension lengths from 90 to 120 millimeters. The problem here, the stems can crack or break, causing an obvious fall hazard to you, the rider. Salsa has received three reports of handlebar stems breaking, and one incident resulted in a rider suffering a broken wrist. Ouch. Now, these stems were sold at specialty bike retailers nationwide from November 2007 through December 2008 for between $880 and $1,870, and that's for the complete bikes, not for the stems. The stems were sold at specialty bike retailers nationwide and via websites from March 2008 through December 2008 for between $60 and $65. Of course, for more information, you can contact Salsa Bicycles on their toll-free number at area code 877-774-6208. That's 877-774-6208. Or you can click on the link in the show notes for either the website that Salsa has set up for the recall or that the Consumer Product Safety Commission has set up for the recall. goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you've got one of these stems on one of these bikes, stop using it right away. Well, since we've just done a number of shows about professional cycling every single day for over a week, I'll go easy on you on the pro cycling news this week. However, just a couple of things. First of all, the next event on the world cycling calendar is Paris-Nice. That occurs March 8th through the 15th. And of course, we will bring you results right here on the Fredcast as they come in. Second, wanted to mention to you something that you may have heard about. And if you weren't listening to the Daily Tour podcast, you might not have known the resolution of. And that is the fact that after the prologue in Sacramento, California, all the teams had their team meetings, their team meals, their massages. They all went to bed, including Team Astana. That's the team of Levi Leipheimer, Alberto Contador, Lance Armstrong, et al. The next morning, when Team Astana woke up, they found that four of their bicycles had been stolen from the Team Astana vehicle parked right outside their Sacramento hotel room, including one time trial bike, one very special time trial bike made specifically and custom for Lance Armstrong. There's no other bike like it in the world. Lance got on Twitter, told everybody to be on the lookout for his bike because after all, what was this clown going to do? 
the clown being the thief, was he going to ride it? I mean, in public where people would obviously see that that's Lance's bike, was he going to display it for his friends? Was he going to try to hawk it? Well, the good news was that just a few days later, Lance's bike and the other bikes were recovered by the Sacramento PD. And Lance needed that bike for the stage in Solvang for the individual time trial. Luckily, Sacramento PD did recover it, and Lance was able to ride that very bike at the Solvang time trial. Case closed. Well, speaking of the tour of California, for those of you who weren't able to listen to the Daily Tour podcast, real quickly, Levi Leipheimer three-peated this year, winning the 2009 edition of the Amgen Tour of California in 31 hours, 28 minutes, and 21 seconds. Second place, another American, Dave Zabriskie from Team Garmin Slipstream. Dave was just 36 seconds back of Levi Leipheimer. Third place from Team High Road and Australia, Michael Rogers, 45 seconds back of Levi. In fourth, Jens Voigt from Team Saxobank, one minute, 10 seconds back. And in fifth, Thomas Lokvist, also from Team High Road, one minute, 29 seconds back. Rounding out the top 10, Vincenzo Nibali from Italy in sixth place. Seventh place to American and Team Astana teammate of Levi Leipheimer, Lance Armstrong, seventh place. In eighth place, Robert Gessink, also the best young rider of this year's tour. In ninth, Tom Danielson from the United States. And in tenth, Chechu Rubiera from Team Astana. Overall, it was the most attended sporting event ever in the state of California with over 2 million spectators watching it live. And everywhere we went, the crowds were huge with a capital U. It was an incredible week plus of racing. And all those fans out there in the cold and in the rain, and of course, not to mention the cyclists themselves, pretty incredible. Looking forward to next year's version of the Amgen Tour of California. Now, speaking of the Tour of California and Levi Leipheimer, and at the top of the show, we talked about the fact that cyclists sometimes have a problem with really bad fractures. Levi Leipheimer took a tumble during stage three of this year's Amgen Tour of California, and it turns out that as a result Levi fractured his sacrum. Now, the sacrum is a large bone positioned at the base of the spine. And Levi has been suffering from back pain ever since that crash in stage three. In t- over Twitter, and Levi Leipheimer's new to Twitter, Lance sort of um, pushed him into getting onto Twitter. Over Twitter, Levi said, quote, looks like I fractured my sacrum in that stage three crash. Was wondering why the pain wouldn't go away. It's not bad, but... No Perry Nice for me. So that means that he will not be racing in next week's edition of Perry Nice, which I know is a disappointment for Levi Leipheimer and I'm sure for his Astana teammates. Here's the amazing thing, though, to me. The guy crashes in stage three of an eight-stage-plus prologue event, goes on not only to finish the event, but to win the individual time trial and thereby seal his victory in the entire stage race. That's pretty incredible, and that shows, uh, in my opinion, what a professional and what an amazing athlete Levi Leipheimer is. Kudos, Levi. We hope you get better really soon. One final bit of Amgen Tour of California news, although this one's a bit on the periphery. Second place on the podium in the general classification at the Amgen Tour of California was United States' own Dave Zabriskie. Well, Dave Zabriskie lives in Salt Lake City, Utah, and apparently some thieves knew that he'd be out of town competing in the Amgen Tour of California because while he was gone, 
someone broke into his Salt Lake City home and stole quite a bit of stuff from Dave Zabriskie. I've seen several estimates of value ranging from 150 to almost a half a million dollars, included his 2008 Subaru Outback, his 2006 Toyota Scion, a race medal from the Giro d'Italia, a Seiko watch from the Olympics, an Olympic ring from Beijing that has been engraved with the initials DZ, his Olympic time trial bike plus 12 other bikes with a combined value of over $100,000, a black and red Cervelo frame worth about $5,000, a Tag Heuer watch, a Bose speaker and receiver system, a 52-inch flat-screen TV, two MacBooks, one Mac desktop, and a hard drive. He's a Mac, not a PC. A pair of space legs, which is a sort of recovery compression system for your legs after cycling worth about $5,000, and seven Marvel Comics statues worth an estimated eleven. dollars thousand dollars. Now, the good thing is, is that they were able to recover one of the stolen cars from Dave's home, and they're hoping that that recovery will lead to more arrests and the recovery of more of Dave's items. Dave also Twittered about this and got lots of coverage via the Twitterati, lots of people on the lookout for Dave's stuff. If you live in the Salt Lake City area and you see any of this stuff that Dave is missing, you're urged to call the Salt Lake City PD at 801-799-INFO and reference case number 09-32767. On the heels of Great Britain's success in the Beijing 2008 Olympics, a new team coming out of Great Britain, is hoping to be the first to put a Briton atop the podium at the Tour de France. Team Sky, created by B. Sky B, will have 25 riders, and they'll be mainly homegrown and managed by British Cycling's highly respected performance director, Dave Brailsford. According to Brailsford, quote, we want to make heroes, persuade a generation to pull on Team Sky colors, and inspire people to ride. This will be an epic story building a British team to take on the best in professional cycling and win. The team is a natural evolution, Brailsford said, for the Olympic program as the quantity and caliber of British riders continues to grow. Now, there's been no indication about which riders will be a part of the new Team Sky. However, there have been rumors out there in the media that Mark Cavendish might be an ideal candidate of any British team. They're going to be based in in Manchester in the UK, and their goal is to recruit an initial squad of 25 riders and approach commercial partners this year. British Cycling President Brian Cookson said, quote, we're confident we can further raise the profile of cycling in Great Britain with the objective of getting a British rider to win the Tour de France by 2013. Well, also showing up in this week's news, more videos from YouTube. The first shows an associate dean from the University of South Florida taking a student's bicycle. Now, this is a really weird one, so follow through if you can. Abdul Rao, who oversees research grants for the College of Medicine, was suspended while campus officials investigate a video that appeared on YouTube showing Rao taking a bicycle that did not belong to him. The tape showed, and by the way, it's been pulled down from YouTube, so I can't supply you with the link, but the tape showed a woman riding up to a loading dock at the Johnny B. Bird Sr. 
Alzheimer's Center and Research Institute. She parks the bike against a railing at about 7.50 p.m. And then about an hour later, a minivan pulls up to the loading dock and this Associate Dean Rao and another man get out. They look through some bikes near the railing, pick one out, and they leave with it in the minivan. As a result of this, Rao is on annual leave pending the university's review. However, in a statement, Rao apologized and said he was just trying to help a day laborer who needed transportation. The statement reads in part, quote, I deeply regret this failure in judgment and the unfortunate attention it has generated. I gave a man who does odd jobs for me permission to use a bicycle that was parked at the center. I acted out of compassion for this nearly homeless man, but I failed to consider that the bicycle belonged to someone on our Alzheimer's team. It was a terrible lapse in judgment on my part. I have no excuse. I can only say that my intention was never to bring harm, alarm, or disruption to anyone. I don't know about you, but a lapse in judgment? The bike didn't belong to you, sir. The second video of the week also highlights a lapse in judgment. You see, here's a video that is going viral on YouTube. It's got hundreds of thousands of views, and it shows a Dalmatian who's been trained to ride a bicycle. Now, thank goodness the bicycle has training wheels. What I don't understand is what compelled the person to train their dog to ride a bicycle and why anyone would have wanted to highlight it on a TV show. Nevertheless, there it is on YouTube for all to see. It's quite the spectacle. And speaking of spectacles, here's a story from Cairns, Australia. You see, it seems two drinking buddies have been fined 200 Australian dollars and, quote, slammed as a pair of fools, unquote, after a nude bike ride through floodwaters in far north Queensland. It seems Matthew Keane Fenn and Damian Mark Ingram have pleaded guilty in Cannes Magistrate Court for causing a public nuisance. According to Magistrate Kerry McFadden, quoted in cans.com.au, quote, it was basically drunken yabo behavior. Now, apparently, Fenn went to Ingram's house to borrow a mulcher on February 7th and then stayed on drinking into the night as torrential rains fell. Well, about 11.30 p.m., by which time they were quite drunk indeed and saturated from being out in the downpour, they both decided to remove their wet clothes and cycle down the street to check on the flood levels. They were both caught by police who were also out checking on the floodwaters. According to Sergeant Gordon Noble, the police prosecutor, quote, they had no reasonable excuse for their behavior other than that they were very drunk. And finally tonight, the town of Rexburg, Idaho, is finally changing their laws as they relate to bicycles. And it's a good thing because while these laws are quite recent, oh, wait a minute, they were written 108 years ago. Apparently at that time, bicycles were relatively new and the town of Rexburg had plank sidewalks. You see, they didn't want bicyclists riding these contraptions on the plank sidewalks, and they certainly didn't want them riding them more than five miles per hour. The 1901 ordinance limited bicycle speed to 12 miles per hour elsewhere in the city and prohibited bicycle racing unless it was approved by the, quote, village board. Those who violated the law, well, they could be fined $25. Sounds like a lot of money back in 1901, and they could be put to work on village streets to work off the fine at $2 per day. Now, the new ordinances, well, 
You can imagine they've designed to reflect more modern times and modern practices that put bicycles and cars and pedestrians all within relatively the same space. Now, it covers safe bike riding procedures for roadways as well as those for bike lanes and shared use paths. According to Doug Stutch, a member of the Trails of Madison County Committee, quote, we actually want to encourage people to get out on their bicycles and have a greener community. It will also reduce traffic congestion, and if we promote cycling as an alternative form of transportation, we can accomplish both of these goals. I'm really encouraged by the response of the city council and others in the community. I'm confident they'll come up with a good ordinance. And after 108 years, let's all hope that that's the case. And that's going to do it for the news for this episode of the Fredcast Cycling Podcast. Before we move on in today's show, I want to thank our show sponsor, Audible.com. If you go to audiblepodcast.com slash cycling, you're going to get the opportunity to download a free audiobook to your computer, your iPod, or your MP3 player. Not only that, you're going to get a 14-day free trial of the Audible Listener Gold program. So you get to download a free audiobook. And by the way, whether you continue your subscription or not, you're going to get to keep that audiobook. You're going to get to choose from over 50,000 audiobooks and more. And it's compatible with iPods and over 500-plus devices. Plus, you're going to get the opportunity to cancel your subscription at any time. And if you do it within those first 14 days you'll end up paying nothing. But I'm going to bet that once you try Audible, you're probably not going to want to cancel your subscription. I've been an Audible listener for quite some time. And whether it's for working out on my trainer in the basement or whether it's for my long commute, the many airplane flights I've got to take for my day job, or just doing work around the house, listening to audiobooks is a great way to pass the time. I mean, look, if you're already listening to podcasts and you must be because you're listening to me now, then you know the value of the spoken word and you know how great it is to be able to save time by listening to things you're interested in instead of going out and reading them or finding them on the internet. And Audible is a great way to catch up on some of those great books that you've been missing. And you know, it doesn't matter what your taste is in literature because Audible has Every genre you can imagine, from business to classics to fiction, history, kids, mysteries, thrillers, sci-fi, self-development, even erotica and sexuality, there's something there for everyone. Go ahead and check it out. There's over 50,000 titles available for you to choose from, and hey, you get one of them for free anyway, plus you help out the Fredcast. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash cycling and sign up for your free trial of Audible Now. Audible.com, thank you so much for your support of the Fredcast. Well, I don't know about you, but this is the time of year when, well, quite frankly, I'm stuck in my basement with my bike attached to a trainer and I'm getting bored. Now, some of you out there may have compu trainers and you, you may be following little computerized guys across the screen. But let's face it, I know from talking to a lot of you that you don't have compu trainers and perhaps you can't afford them. So you're in your basement, attached to that trainer, sweating away, and you're getting bored. Well, I found a great way to keep from getting bored when you're on your trainer because, look, I know a lot of you have TVs set up right in front of your trainer to keep you from getting bored. Well, what if instead of watching the latest rerun of Family Guy or Friends, you had the opportunity to do an epic ride? 
And that's exactly what the folks at EpicPlanet.tv have created for you. They've put together several DVDs that you can watch while you do your indoor workouts that not only keep you from getting bored, but keep you also interested through a variety of beautiful scenes and routes and also real workouts and real training plans that you can use to go along with these DVDs. Now, the one that I had the chance to review is Epic Vermont, and it goes through Waitsfield and the Mad River Valley, plus the Appalachian Gap and Bristol. It's filmed in 16 by 9 widescreen format. I got to tell you, the video quality is absolutely gorgeous. Not only is there great video quality, but as I mentioned earlier, they come with a training plan that tells you for various portions of each ride what the terrain profile is, the ride time, the average grade, and suggested training zones. And this is done with a digital on-screen dashboard that shows you your elapsed time, it shows you the complete profile, the elevation profile of the ride that you're doing and where you are in that elevation profile. It tells you what stage of the ride you're in so you can follow on on the training plan that comes along with your DVD. And it also shows you what your heart rate zone should be at that particular time. So you can vary the resistance on your trainer and you can vary the intensity of your workout. Now, it seems to me that these would be great not only for individuals who are training at home, but would also be good for indoor cycling classes like we talked with Jennifer Sage about just a couple of weeks ago. In addition to the Epic Vermont DVD that I viewed, uh, Epic Planet has also released Epic Acadia, which is shot during peak foliage in the Acadia National Park and Bar Harbor, Maine. Also coming up soon is Epic Florida's Panhandle, and Epic Planet is planning on releasing five Epic rides annually, beginning with locations in the United States and Canada, and then venturing forth for Epic rides literally around the world. The 2009 schedule of Epic rides is going to include, and get this, because these are some places that I would love to go, Epic Tucson, Epic Moab, Epic Colorado, Epic Bluegrass, and Epic Minnesota with lots of other rides in development. Personally, I really enjoyed training along with Epic Vermont. I set up my CompuTrainer to follow the ride profile in the 45-minute ride, got a great workout, and loved the fact that there were multiple camera angles, that the quality of the video was excellent, and that the music was really helpful for helping me maintain my intensity. One of the great things, though, is if you're not really into the music that's included on the DVD, well, they also give you instructions on how you can create your own indoor cycling playlist, just like your favorite indoor cycling coach will do for you when you go to the gym so that you can listen to your own music that you've created to go along with these rides. I really enjoyed the Epic Planet Epic Rides DVDs, and I'd recommend them to those of you who are stuck in the doldrums in your basements on your indoor trainer. Epic Vermont is $29.95. The pre-release price of Epic Acadia is $24.95. And if you go to the website, you can also subscribe and get all five of 2009's DVDs. Plus, if you like, you can also buy an Epic Rides jersey for $39.95. Links are in the show notes and also in the eFredcast, or just go to epicplanet.tv.
You know, one of the things I like to do here on the Fredcast is talk to you about upcoming cycling events. Now, this one's coming up really quickly, and I am honored to be going to this event. It's the Moab Skinny Tire Festival. Remember I just said a few seconds ago I wanted to ride in Moab? I'm about to get my chance. Now, everyone knows Moab for its famous Slick Rock and the Red Rock Canyons around the area, but not everyone considers that Moab is a great destination for road riding as well. Hence the reason why the Moab Skinny Tire Festival was created. This takes place Saturday, March the 14th through Monday, March the 16th, and includes some amazing rides, including along the mighty Colorado River, out to Dead Horse Point and back, and I'm looking forward to this one, through Arches National Park. This is going to be a great event, and not only is it a great event because of the riding, but it's also a great event because of the causes that it benefits. You see, the Moab Skinny Tire Festival is going to raise substantial amounts of money for cancer, for a treatment center in Moab, research at the Huntsman Institute in Salt Lake City, services at the San Juan Cancer Center in Montrose, Colorado's rural areas, and end-of-life care grief services through the caring people at Hospice and Palliative Care Center of Western Colorado in Grand Junction. Plus, Perhaps equally important, people are going to have the experience of expansion in their hearts, not only through raising money, but through the scenery, landscaping, and the people with whom they'll ride, all of whom and all of which will be so inspiring. I hope to see a lot of you out there at the Moab Skinny Tire Festival, and of course, there are links in the show notes and in the eFredcast to where you can get more information. Should be a great weekend. Can't wait to go. And with that, one more opportunity to let you know how you can contact the Fredcast. There's a lot of different ways to stay in contact with us. One of those is to follow along with what I'm doing day-to-day with my Twitter feed. You can find the Fredcast on Twitter at twitter.com slash Fredcast. Of course, you can send me an email anytime. The email address is thefredcast at gmail.com. It's a great way to send text comments as well as audio comments. If you have the ability to do that on your computer, just insert those as an enclosure in your email and send them off to thefredcast at gmail.com. Or if you don't have the capability of doing that, go ahead and call our listener hotline at 435-2586-FRED. That's 435-258-6373. That will get you to our Skype voicemail. Or if you're on Skype, go ahead and send a voicemail to the Fredcast. And of course, for any other information that we can provide to you, including the videos, courtesy of Cycle Film from the Amgen Tour of California, as well as where you can find those links to donate to our Amgen Tour of California coverage, go to www.thefredcast.com. And that brings us to the final portion of the show where we always play pod-safe cycling music. Great music that you can cycle to that we're allowed to play on podcasts. Tonight's music is from our old friend, Jimmy Bratcher. You know, at the beginning of the show when I say, my name is David and I'm a Fred, and then you play that great blues music? Well, that's Jimmy Bratcher. I've gotten some emails from Jimmy over the last couple of months saying, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it because people keep buying my songs through the Fredcast. Well, I appreciate that and Jimmy appreciates that. It's great to support artists who support podcasting. So tonight's song, once again, is by Jimmy Bratcher from his new album, The Electric Rev. Tonight's song is called The River. There are links in the show notes and in the eFredcast where you can buy Jimmy's music on iTunes. Support artists who support podcasts. 
Not a bad thing, especially when Jimmy's music is so awesome. I love his stuff. We'll be back once again next week with another episode of the Fredcast Cycling Podcast. Until then, enjoy the music. But most of all, enjoy the ride. Yeah.